Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Holly Parker. She's a realtor, an author, an amazing person who's going to share her ideas about how to get back on the market. Holly, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks, Omar. Thanks so much for having me. Did you like the way I kind of got your book title into the introduction? I did. Thank you for doing that. One of the reasons I wanted to chat with you is this. Oftentimes, it's hard to tell somebody something because they have their own preconceived notions. And if you can use a metaphor that's important to them, all of a sudden they get these deep concepts. And the thing I love about your book is you use dating as a good way to explain real estate and vice versa. And vice versa. That is true. That is true. So how did a nice girl like you get involved with real estate? When did you start in the industry? Oh gosh, I I had just graduated from college and I moved to Boston and lived in Beacon Hill with my two best friends. And we all did temp jobs because we had to pay for our rent right away. Right. And one of my uh, temp jobs was working for Waterstone Booksellers right on Newbury Street. And I was in charge of relocating executives from London and... I loved it. And so I got my license and I became a broker. Brilliant. So when you started, you know, you were quite young. Uh, Were you comfortable stepping into it or did you have any thoughts of, you know, hey, I need to be older or none of that nonsense in your head? Well, no, I had a lot of that nonsense in my head. And so, you know, I was meeting brokers when I was, when I was working for Waterstones and I was kind of interviewing them. And what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. And, um, you know, it was very strange for someone my age to start in the business back then. I mean, we didn't even have cell phones back then. We had pagers. And so, you know, it was very strange. But, you know, I've been sort of counterculture my whole life. So that was that was okay. What, what about you? How, how, when did you get into real estate? Actually, I did not. I I did actually, the first house I purchased, uh, there was this fictitious thing called buying a house with no money down. And it was like, ah, sure. So the house we're sitting in actually was one of those houses. It was like uh, we were looking to buy a house and borrowed a little bit of money from family and just kind of stepped in without uh, any deposit from our end and been a great homeowner. But kind of my area of expertise is very much changing human behavior, like what beliefs inside our head create our behaviors outside. And that's been a life passion for me is to understand human beings and more importantly, helping them break through their barriers because there's so many people that you can see, I can see that that person could be a star. Why can't they see it themselves? So let's talk about that, Holly. You've got a team right now. When did you start your team? Yeah. I'm sorry. What was your question? When did you start your team? When you really had to work with people and lead people? Um, Well, the team started about um, eight years ago in anticipation of, you know, my trying to have kids. Kids didn't come easily for me. So I did a lot of IVFs and ultimately had to get a surrogate. But 
um, I was, I, and I needed help even then because I was flying all over the country to different doctors to, to help with that. Nice. And so I just needed more help and realized that if I was going to be able to be a mom in the fashion that I wanted to be, because I really worked before that 24 hours a day. Uh, well, you know, obviously I slept, but, um, you know, I worked seven days a week and it wasn't conducive to uh, having a baby. And, and I ended up having two babies at the same time. So, you know. Um, so uh, the surrogate had twins? The surrogate had twins. Yep. Mm-hmm. So tell me, when you finally, you know, had your children in your arms and it had been such a long journey, what was that experience like? You know, the brain, it's hard. And this is a little bit what the book is about, letting go of pain, right? Because right. you had 10 IVFs, I don't even remember, six with me and four with her. Um, I had a miscarriage. She had a miscarriage. So, you know, when you have so many disappointments, you start putting on the armor. And so, you know, I I don't think I could believe it. It, I mean, I I still kind of pinched myself. but, But especially when they were born, they were two months early. It took a long time for, for that armor to come off and for me to say, hey, the pain is over. Um, they're here and they're healthy. The pain is over. You don't have to hide anymore. Brilliant. It's kind of interesting uh, how that process, no matter what you're doing, where you've got like a, where is a hard fought victory that just letting go of everything and enjoying what you've got is so important. So tell me about uh, when you got the team together, uh, you probably made some uh, great choices for people to join you and probably ones that weren't as great. Tell me about one of those decisions, getting someone on your team that seemed like the right decision, but later turned out to be not as amazing as you thought. Um, that's a great question. I think that the major thing where I went wrong at the beginning was I thought if someone's going to step in for me, I want to train them to think and do everything the way that I do it. Yes. And so the rule for me was they had to become my assistant for two years and then they could become an agent. Um, so I called it Holly Boot Camp, and it was a lot like, well, not that I've ever been a trainee, a, a SEAL trainee or a Marine trainee, but it, I mean, it was hard. And a lot of people didn't make it through. A couple made it through. Three people made it through. Um, but what, what the, why that didn't work is I was putting new people in an assistant position all the time. And you know how we all learn. We learn by screwing things up. So that took years off my life. I think it was a great opportunity for them. And and they had to sort of get through those two years. But I wouldn't suggest that. No, this is very much, you know, the devil wears Prada kind of thing. Yes, yes. Because when there's so much going wrong... Um, and, and you're, and you're the team leader, of course, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. So you're constant. And then, then you start not really liking your job. <laughs> so, so tell me now, you know, as you've got more experience and how do you hire the right agent to join your team? Like, how do you know that the right fit? 
You know, I would say that um, they need to be very likable. Um, that counts they, me out. Yeah, yeah. They need to be very likable. They need to have um, high energy and yes. need to have this intrinsic desire to please people. Um, and I think all, all of us on the team have that where we just want to make people happy. It's our nature. And when you get a lot of people like that, then it works. If, if one person is in there going, it's all about me um, and everybody else then, you know, tries to make that person happy and then, and then it ultimately will kind of break and fail. So because we're a bunch of people pleasers, if everybody's a people pleaser, then it's, um, it's a wonderful village. Brilliant. So what made you decide to write the book back on the market? You know, I had thought of it for so long. And like you say, that that intrinsic sort of what makes people go. Um, there's so many things, parallels in how we finally get a listing sold, right? I'm sure, you know, you've had so many tales of stories of challenges that come at you. We tend to be professional problem solvers. But it's from- psychiatry. <laughs> psychiatry. So you spend a lot of time examining yourself and and your clients and and like you say how do you simplify an act so that people understand it. When people say I do not want to clean this place up, people can see beyond it. I'm too busy. I have kids. I say, "Okay, but you're a beautiful person, but but would your husband have still wanted to go on a second date with you if you showed up with wet hair, halitosis, and a dirty sweatshirt? Is he really going to say, you know, mm, I can pass this? for me. <laughs> because as we know, we make an impression between four and seven seconds. And it's really hard to redo those first impressions. Absolutely. And that's something everyone can relate to, right? I think so. We all are, you know, the, the laws of attraction are happening all day long, whether it's, you know, with the meal that you're selecting, the home you're buying, the person that you're dating, it's the smells, right? Something can look so good, but if it smells weird, you don't want to go near it. That's attraction. Definitely. And kind of going back to, I think the latest numbers on uh, neuroscience is that, you know, it's in like 0.8 seconds is when we make our uh, assessment of someone new. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I rocked that 0.8 seconds. After that, it goes downhill. But that 0.8, I'm spot on. So tell me about some of the other chapters in the book, how you take dating and kind of apply it to a deeper understanding of real estate. So it takes you through the process, really exactly how you would list a property. You know, you would go and you would talk to the sellers or, or if it were your own property, you have to look at the foundation. you got to fix your foundation. And for me in the story, I my foundation was cracked. I just separated. I had a lot of anxiety and I was scared about the future because I didn't know what the future was. It was, it was very dark for me. And then, you know, you do that through going to a therapist or a, a Reiki person or, or yoga 
or meditation and then staging, of course, um, fixing up your home and getting rid of a lot of stuff that isn't serving you anymore, right? Clothes, furniture, magazines. Um, And in life, that can be people. That can be um, a job. That can be things that are holding you back. So it's really that process of what we do with a home and then turning your lights on, knowing um, how to create that uh, passion in the home, lighting candles, cleaning the windows, making sure all the lights work. Well, what is turning your lights on as a person? It's finding your own passion again, connecting to yourself, connecting to your, your property. So you're talking about uh, letting things go. This would have been about 10 years ago. My business was stalled. And it was like, what on earth is going on? Like nothing is closing. And uh, that's really unusual. And of course, uh, financially devastating. And then I went, well, how would I advise a customer? I'd advise a customer, if there's anything dead in your house, get rid of it. Then I went, is there anything dead in my house? And sure enough, there was a paradoxically a hemlock tree that had been poisoned by the next door neighbor because they were putting weed killer on their lawn. And that afternoon, I dug it up and got rid of it. And sure enough, a day later, three or four of the deals that were stalled for like months all of a sudden opened up and started closing. So cleaning stuff up and organizing stuff physically helps you do it in your head. And with the law of attraction also helps with the universe. Yeah, exactly. And bringing in life, right? I've always been a big proponent of flowers, tree branches, a single fern, whatever it is, I put them everywhere for myself. Because like a person, a home that looks so loved is attractive. Who who wouldn't want to be in a home or make that their home when somebody loved it so much? And sometimes people think that that's having lots of you know, little memorabilia around. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making a space for someone else to come in and see and attach to that home. So, you know, turning on their possibilities in that home. Yeah, exactly. Clearing it a little bit, right? Not too many of your own photos around candles burning, wonderful smells, beautiful flowers. Um, and probably getting rid of almost half the stuff. And that's the hardest thing for homeowners to do because, you know, I've been through uh, getting my home staged when we sold it. And it was like, uh, we took all of our stuff out and they just brought in their furniture and just uh, laid it out like a model home. And it made a big difference in moving that house really quickly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and you know what so many owners say to me afterwards? They say, oh my gosh, this place looks amazing. I feel like I've already moved to a new place because I'm very stringent on painting the walls and doing all of these things and and really sorting through their stuff because they're going to have to move anyway. If we're going to be successful, they're going to have to move anyway. So the sorting is inevitable. Why not do, why not step out your homework, right? This is this month's assignment. This is the next month's assignment. Um, instead of waiting for it all till the end of the term and then kind of getting overwhelmed by what you have ahead of you. So um, in the dating world, it's everything. It's people that don't serve you. It's books that 
you know, you didn't necessarily connect to. It's a really, I, I think it's an amazing process. Um, and I love helping my owners through it in the sense of I really push them because I know how they're going to feel on the other side. And that's fresh and new and with a lot of energy. Brilliant. So where can people find your book? You go to hollyparker.com and you can learn a little bit about me and you can order right there. It'll take you right, right to the ordering site. Brilliant. And we're going to put that link on the show notes. So dear listener, go to that. So Holly, how long did it take you to write the book? And what was that experience like? Oh, gosh, it took me for, I started exactly two years ago. And, you know, I had the idea in my head for so long because of because I've been in the business for 25 years. And because I filled my days with when people would ask, well, how many people have seen this, this apartment? Or, you know, why is it falling out of contract? It would remind me of people asking me how many, how long had I been single and how many dates I'd been on. Right. <laughs> it's the same thing. So I really had it organized in my head. But the process of writing your life, really, and your mistakes and your wins and what were the books, the quotes, the travel, the inspirations, the pivoting moment, the aha moments that a brick at a time helped you build your business or castle or penthouse all over again. And I was, although my business was still thriving when my life fell apart, um, I was not as a person. I really, really, really was not. Um, and so this brings you how I how I built up my person again. And, um, you know, now I, you know, have the things that I visualized and that I wanted in my life. And, and I'm, I make no mistake in the book. It, I haven't gotten to the place where I've stopped doing the work. I still have over. To do the work. <laughs> I still, we still have to do a lot of the work, meaning in relationship and my business. You're, I, I'm not done, um, but I have certainly gotten to a place where I look around and. It feels like I'm dreaming because I did dream it. I did dream this, all of it. My farm, my apartment in the city, my husband, my dog, my children, my family, my friends. I, I, I built it and I take you through how I built it in the book. That's important because it starts with a dream, knowing what you want, and that's not enough. I was actually interesting conversation today on one of the earlier interviews and one of the concepts that Cameron, uh, he was the COO of Got Junk, said, you know, hey, here's a formula. It's F times F times E equals success. And this is how he outlined it. The first F is focused. You need to be focused on what you're doing. The second F is faith. You need to have 100% faith in what you're doing. And then it's the amount of effort you put into it. And that formula leads to the success you have. Your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Every day, every single day. And this is one of my chapters um, about manifesting and writing down your goals, what they are. In business, 
I call it 30, 60, 90. Yes. What business am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Everything you get, you, you dial down to the details. And like my business, because I was always good at the business and I wasn't good at the relationship part, I started mirroring my relationship part. So your question about focus plus um, times faith times faith is the big one that you have to believe in your property. I mean, how many places have you sold that you really didn't think that you were going to sell or that you really, you know, felt sorry for the person buying it. You got it to a place, a price, or you perfected the property so that you really could get behind it and sell it. And the faith is, I, 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 for me, I almost think the faith is the most important aspect of, of that equation. Um, Absolutely. When have you had to have faith? Actually, when my wife passed, I'd always had a, about 30 some odd years ago, I heard this concept of when we die, what happens? And the thinker was saying, there's only three things, right? We think either there's heaven or hell and who but a good person is going to believe that, in which case we'll go to heaven. And number two, everything stops. So the suffering's gone. Or number three, reincarnation. You come back as a house cat, which is the highest form of life. And since I had that thought, it was really having faith that my wife had gone to a better place. And that allowed me to miss her, but not fall into grief because it was like celebrating her journey to the next level. And that helped a lot because it could have crushed me, but it allowed me to kind of go on and help more people and faith in no matter what you do, whether it's business or being the best parent for your kids or for your community. That's what it takes, right? Because it's all about knowing what you want and knowing you're going to get it and then working hard to do it. And sometimes there's no science behind it. There's no reason behind it. But if you got those two things, it happens. That's beautiful. And I'm so sorry about your wife, Omar. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you, Holly. I, I really appreciate that. So, so. Do I know how to bum out a party? But anyway, before we part... I want you to help me help other realtors that are working really hard in their business and their personal life is suffering. And what they tell themselves is, I'm doing this for my family. What advice would you give them to kind of still have a good business, but still be there for the family? How do they do that? You know, I felt like the reason one of the pillars for my success is because I, what, I am who I am. Entirely. Is that a quote from Popeye? I, I think it is. I am what I am. Um, that that I am. That they could see me as a daughter. That yes. they could see me as a mother. That they could see me as a single person hurting. I didn't shield. I shielded my pain from them. That I did. Um, but when I was going through IVF, I was more willing to share that. I mean, I wasn't crying in front of them, but I said, I'm right. struggling through IVF. Um, but, but I wanted them to see me as human. It was very important to see me as human because not to share your problems, but just to say a little, like a touch on it, a touch to let them know who you are because so 
the, the, the end of the other end of the spectrum is that people think that you're just trying to, to do a deal, to stick a, whatever it is, the deal together and that's it. And you don't care past that. That's the, the most negative view of a broker, right? Oh, you're just in it for your commission. Right. And our job is to humanize what we do, to care about our clients to put our clients always first. And you can only do that. The whole premise of my book is you need to self-love. You need to fall in love with yourself, marry yourself, and be your own best friend. And when you do that, when you grow your roots down into the earth, it sounds like that's what you did when you lost your wife and you had faith that things were going to turn out, you grew your roots down, started helping other people, and I'm sure you helped yourself before that, then you can weather these storms. And um, that's a critical thing. I mean, I think that's the best skill that we can learn to do is how do we take care of ourselves? And how do we weather these storms so that we can be there for our families? Because if our if we, if the family falls apart because we're working all the time or we're bringing home this stress, then there's really no point to it, in my opinion. Words to live by, Holly. Holly, thanks so much for being on the show. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. Okay, Omar. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 